All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Planning Comedy Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Ritchie. Uh, joined this week by friend of the show, friend of my own, professional fighter, the champ himself, Mr. Brian Haynes. What's up, man? I'm not professional yet, though. I oh, that's right. You're an amateur. I will be very soon. Very yeah, soon. I'm amateur. I'm very soon. Yeah. Technically, you are an amateur fighter. It's hard to call your fights amateur, having seen a few of them. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I appreciate that. I try, I try to... I try to write, you know, <laughs> maintain a, a, you know, high, high uh, performance. Haven't so. been there in person and watched you go to war. It's, it's hard to call any of your fights amateur, but <laughs> technically you are an amateur for MMA fighter. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Getting paid soon, though. I can't wait. Can't wait to get back to it. I can't wait for you, man. So what's been uh, what's been going on with you? I mean, it's been a while since you've been on this show, but it's been a while since I've talked to you just kind of in general. Yeah, one. man, just been, just been hanging out for real. Uh, went through some legal stuff, you know. Had to go take a trip for a little bit, and uh, you know, I had to sit down for a while. Um, I was, uh, I guess, I mean, I'd go ahead and just get right into it. I was sent to prison. I got two year sentence uh, for selling weed. So I just been dealing with that, man. Uh, got what a fucking hassle, man. Yeah, it's been. It's. I got arrested in 2018, so it's been five years. Man, I'm ready for it to be over with. I bet. I bet um, after five years, you're ready for. You know, I'm. I'm sure it kind of feels like, especially with your career, that it's put your whole life on hold. Yeah, man, for sure. Like I was thankfully, I was able to fight. You know, from 2018 to 2021. Um, that yeah, was my last fight. Was in December 2021. I feel like there's only so much focus you can put into it, though, when you're also trying to focus on a legal battle in a yeah. way. Yeah, for sure, because, like, I would go, you know, three three to six months, if I was lucky, six months of knowing that I had time, like, you know, they'd be like, okay, we got a date, you know, three months away, you know, it might get pushed back, it might not, we might get sentenced that day, we might not, we might get this, we might get that, just a bunch of mites, you know what I'm saying, a bunch of what ifs, and, uh, yeah, so it was just constantly playing it by day by day taking it day by day and then you know trying to stay in shape but at the same time trying to enjoy life you know so definitely was uh, a weird moment weird uh period of my life but i know that uh once it's all behind me man i can i can focus in i can zero in and just you know just well, sprint that's, to that's what i'm be, that's what so. i'm looking forward to for you man is when you are able to kind of just focus on you and do your thing again because i'm sure it's been a, an exhaustion dealing with the the u.s government yeah, for sure, man. I mean, <laughs> it's like it is any other time. Dude, yeah. Like, so, what, mean, your last fight was in, you said 2020, right? Uh, 21. 21. 21. That's what I thought. I thought you said 20 or 21. So, did you win? Your, I thought, I'm pretty sure you won your last fight, right? Yeah, it was a kickboxing fight. Uh, my last MMA fight, I actually lost. Uh, it was a five round title fight. I lost in the fifth round. Um, it was back and forth. Like, I ended up winning fight of the year, actually, for the promotion. So. Well, I thought I saw your last yeah. MMA fight, and I was about to say it was a, a hell of a fight. Mm-hmm. But I knew yeah, I... dude was really good. Um, but uh, he was he was strong, too. Like, he was big. I mean, I fought at 45, obviously. I've normally competed at 35 and 45. Um, but uh, he was uh, he was really good, and uh, so he brought out the best of me for sure. Um, but yeah, he ended up getting getting the better of me in that fight. But hey, I learned a lot from it, and definitely I uh, need that type of experience as an amateur. You know, like well, yeah. that's the point of an amateur career I mean, is to get 
those tough fights. Iron sharpens iron, as they say. I mean, you're all you're looking yeah. for is for somebody to make you better. Do you think it? Yeah. Forty five, an issue that you face is like distance is like the there's a Heights, lot yeah, yeah is there, there's a lot of people that are yeah. way taller than you it feels like at that weight class yeah for sure that's definitely the number one thing um you know i feel like um my strength i can compete you know like when we got in grappling exchanges it wasn't that because he was so he was stronger than me but a lot of times the leverage and the height difference you know it's hard to get to the hips or it's hard to get to you know different angles when you have somebody who's a little taller and then of course in the striking department you know, if you have four inches of reach, five inches of reach, that's just, it's tough to deal with. Not that it's not, you know, um, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not that it's not, it's not over, impossible. Yeah. It's not impossible for sure. It's just another barrier in your way. So you got to really even match up, you know, yeah. uh, both you guys are like same skill level, you know, every little bit you can get, you know, elevates you. To, yeah. Uh, every, every small physical advantage is a big deal in the cage. Yeah, for sure. So definitely, so, like when I go pro, I'll be back. I'll be back down to one thirty-five. I might take a few fights at one forty-five here and there, but for the most part, they'll all be at one thirty-five. Which I'm really, I'm pretty big for one thirty-five. You are. I mean, I always, I've always felt like you were a perfect kind of. You, you built perfectly for one thirty-five. Just having been watching MMA for a while, you know, pretty much my whole life, not knowing anything realistic about the sport, but just looking at you, I'm just like, God, he's so solid and stocky. At 135, I feel yeah. like he just mauls everybody. Yeah, I got a lot to make it, but it's uh, if I get if I hone in, keep my tight diet tight, uh, super tight, and just bump up the running, then it's definitely feasible. And that's uh, you gotta you gotta you gotta do the hard work, you know, to make sure you got the uh, the advantage when it comes to comes time to getting actually in the cage. So for sure. So what's next for you after all of your like after everything's settled, legal troubles over? You're going. You, I mean, you pretty much confirmed you're going pro. And yeah, you're gonna fight. I might you're have gonna, one, one more one amateur more fight, amateur. just to knock off the cobwebs. Maybe I don't even know if I'll. Ever, my coach really wants me to do an amateur fight, just one more to kind of knock off the cobwebs, which I tend to agree. But at the same time, I'm just ready to go. I. Uh, I bet. I bet I you're. Fight, I bet you're rascally for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Really bad. When I started fighting, I was 20 years old. Um, was it 20? Uh, that sounds yeah, right. I was twenty years old. Yeah, and uh, maybe twenty one. Rest of that same year. Yeah, I was twenty because I took my first fight February, and then I turned twenty one in May, and then I got arrested in August of that same year. So it all Damn. happened the same year. Yeah, it sucks, man. I only had four fights in, but uh, either way, what I was getting at is uh, I had my sights that by the time I was twenty five, you know, I would already be pro. You know, looking at three and four and knocking on the door of UFC or Bellator. You know, PFL even being dope. Um, so I kind of just, uh, you know, got to re-step back, refocus, replan, and go from here, you know. And definitely, uh, definitely going to continue fighting. Definitely going to continue uh, training, obviously. Um, I definitely want to travel a little bit. That's one thing I want to do is go and uh, venture out to, like, Arizona, like where uh, Henry Cejudo, he's got a fight ready out there. Um, Sean O'Malley trains at the fight lab and the MMA lab, which is – right around the corner from there so um arizona somewhere i definitely have my eyes on where i want to go and spend a little time um and then of course florida i mean you go to coconut creek where american top team is that's where like oh yeah you know the biggest the crop. In the country. yeah so i'd love to go down there at least for a couple of weeks too and just kind of just 
see what it's all about, you know, step in the room with some, some world-class talent and see where I'll, where I'll line up with them, you know. Kind of test yourself against the, the best in the world in a way. Absolutely. So is that, is that your ultimate goal, like, at this moment, is just to completely focus yourself around getting, like, with a major fighting promotion, PFL, one championship maybe if you're feeling real travel, real travel if adversity? Dude, I, I think I'd rather fight for one than UFC, honestly. And uh, it's they hard to get on one. Now, killers over there. Some yeah, certified for killers. Sure. For sure. And, uh, I mean, do they just, from what I hear, like, they take care of their fighters really well. Like, they got a... Uh, a, a hydration test. Thailand. Well, hydration testing, too, is awesome. They got a resort in Thailand that they take their fighters. Every fighter gets to go for a week. All expenses paid. Um, wow. A week after the fight, they get, yeah food alcohol i mean they do you know see uh ski dudes uh with you know snorkeling the whole nine yards and they just basically like here here's a little week vacation on us and you know um plus i mean it's it gets more eyes than the ufc does on the global scale i mean because they got all of asia they got you know a lot of europe you know i mean i believe um, it so i mean but either way the, the the goal is just to be able to sustain myself financially through fighting so um whatever organization that that tends to be i just want to win continue to win world championship whatever for whatever organization that's the goal just get yourself into a position where you can support yourself through your fighting career and kind of begin to build the foundation with which it would take to make yourself a world champion because obviously the first the first goal is to get yourself to a place where you are financially safe yeah, I mean, you're not gonna go broke trying to train, and yeah, that's where I feel exactly. like once you feel like once you get to that point as a fighter is when you can really start to build yourself into a champion. Yeah, if you can for if you if your full time job is to fight and to train year round, or you know, that's when you can really make yeah. action bounds. You know, I mean, thankfully, I just you know I work a part time job right now serving, um, you know, slash bartending here and there. So um, that's awesome. Probably one of the best jobs I could have to suit my needs to train. So, um, but of course, you know, eventually the, the goal is to do, not do anything but train. So. Yeah, do this full time. It, it's yeah. just like what I'm doing. I mean, my goal is eventually to do this full time for this to be my job. And it's just like yeah, with you, absolutely. like your, your goal is eventually to just like all I do is focus on my fighting career and focus on. So what are yeah. some of, as you know, you've only had a couple fights considering with all the stuff that's gone on legally, but what are some of your like favorite moments in your fighting career so far? Like your favorite fights, your the be- to you, like moments that you're like, these are things that I would want people to look at and to see that, you know, I mean, to really look at my fighting career and like look at highlights and see who I, you know, who I am and what I bring to the table yeah. type thing. And, and plus just fans. I mean, everybody loves the fight game anymore. It feels like, MMA has grown so exponentially when it comes to people who eyeballs on it in the last couple of years. Yeah. I feel like one thing everybody uh, loves to do is find, you know, the next up and coming fighter. And I really do believe in you, man. Like I haven't watched MMA my whole life. I feel like you're super talented and anybody that would watch you would be like, this guy's got something. Well, I appreciate you, man. Yeah. I, uh, I, I tend to feel the same way. You know, I'm not trying to be biased, but I really do think I have what it takes. Um, you know, the wrestling back, wrestling's so big and fighting, man. Like, that's one thing I found out when I started training. Uh, you know, I went to a jiu-jitsu class, and I was a white belt, you know, just starting out. Um, but I've had 15 years of wrestling, and then I'd step on the mat with purple belts and brown belts who had been doing jiu-jitsu for, you know, five to ten years, depending on what belt and, you know, who it was. And 
I would just completely be able to control them. And they're like, man, like, would you, you know, oh, you wrestled. And then it's like, oh, you really, t- you really, it clicks how much controlling your opponent, you know, how big that is in a fight. And then, of course, you start doing striking and, you know, your distance management, you know, you got to work on that a little bit, but you still have basic footwork fundamentals. And, and once again, how to, how to position your opponent, where you want them, you know, all that, you know, is really, I got the foundation from wrestling. So, um, but as far as like uh, like moments in my career that I'm that was really proud of, um, you know, I t- uh, the third my third fight, my first title fight um, was a really good fight for me. Um, I won. That was the first one I, had, I won by decision. Um, it was a back and forth fight. I took it. Um, they kind of thought that they were going to set up the champion for an easy title defense because I was only. 2-0, and um, but I did have two knockouts, thankfully, and that kind of I got sold as well. But, um, so it was a hometown fight. I went to his hometown, fought him, uh, trying to reconnect. Can you hear me? Uh, yeah, you're good. I can hear you. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, I pulled out a close. Uh, close. Uh, it was a unanimous decision. I won 30-27, but, I mean, he was hard fought for sure. He was really tall. He was 5-11, um, one of the tallest guys I've fought so far. Um you know, of course, my first two fights were awesome. When I finished knockouts, those were highlight reels. But uh, you know, um, I don't want to. You know, it was. It's hard to learn from those experiences. You got to have some close fights, some losses, and things like that that uh, were to really learn and uh, you know be able to dissect your performance. So uh, honestly, just just those, and uh, you know, obviously, my last MMA fight, it was a loss. Um, you know, people people don't want to talk about their losses but you know i you know i I definitely uh put on a good performance i know what i could have done better um things that i could have done different to sway the you know the outcome of that fight i think that uh there were some other factors of course the whole legal thing i was fighting you know it's hard to be 100 percent committed um but i was i'm i swear to this day i talked to my coach about it we stayed in this hotel room man and uh it was an old ass hotel room, and the AC, dude, I felt like was moldy as fuck. Because when we got there, my sinuses started acting up, and we opened up the the window, and I felt great while the window was open. But then when we went to sleep, my coach closed the window, dude. And I woke up the next morning, bro, and I was fucking coughing up green shit, like the most mucus. Yeah, my sinuses were on ten. Ooh, and uh, during that's that worse. fight, dude. I, yeah, during that fight, I gassed hard in the fifth round. Fourth, end of the fourth and fifth round, I was gassed, like most tired I've ever been. And uh, not that it wasn't like a hard-fought fight, because it definitely was, but I felt like my conditioning should have been better than what it was. And so I, I, I really unbiasedly feel like that that had something to play a fact. Not that you know, not to take anything away or excuse the performance, but um, I'm not taking away from. Yeah, taking anything away from his performance. I mean, obviously, yeah. he performed great. Yeah, but, for sure. I mean, there's obviously, you know, you have a lot of reasons that you would probably, you know, that people would think you would have trouble performing with your legal issues and obviously with some kind of sinus issue. I think that's yeah. interesting, the whole cardio thing. So as a fighter, because I think one thing as fans that fans really miss is, like, where does cardio most affect you? Like where, like when you get tired in the cage, where is it? Where are you most gonna feel it? Like when they're on you, trying to grapple with you, or when you're standing across from trying to strike? It's weird. Um, it's they. It's definitely both, but each one is 
it's a different kind different, of exhaustion. Yeah, it's a different kind of exhaustion, absolutely. Like, it, striking, you got to be a little bit more explosive. You got to be fast, you know what I'm saying? You got to cover distance quick. So whenever you're exhausted and you're trying to strike, you notice it in your explosiveness, in your, in your like, if you were to go to sprint, you know, like how you bust off the line, or if you're a lineman, if you go to, you know, block, that's when you notice it. When you're grappling, you notice it in the squeeze, you know, how you got to, if you ever try to, like, choke uh, somebody or yeah, get a yeah, hold yeah, or of some kind. for an underhook or, you know, if you they're, you get, they're trying to take you down your back against the cage, you're trying to wall walk up. Those long uh, endurance-based, like, squeezes, they you feel your your strength diminish faster, if that makes sense. Like, the beginning of the fight, you might be able to fight through a uh, – uh, or dig for an underhook for 20 to 30 seconds and feel you know feel fine afterwards. By the end of the fight, you might be able to dig, be able to dig for five to 10 seconds, and it's just your muscle just doesn't respond the way it was. You know, it's just fatigue completely. Yeah. Where um, at the beginning of the fight, you're you know you can <clears throat> dig for an underhook 20 30 seconds feels like nothing. You know, just another day of practice. Whereas like if you're exhausted, that five to 10 seconds is all you fucking got. Yeah, absolutely, and it's. It's 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 painful for sure. That that was uh that was the biggest thing in that last fight, the MMA fight that I lost was I was super exhausted in that fifth round, man, and I felt it and it was uh it's not a good feeling knowing that you gotta go three more rounds with a guy who's trying to hurt you and you can barely hold your hands up, you know what I'm saying? Good uh, lord. Yeah, man, I can't imagine. It's I mean, that uh, sounds it sounds scary in just a bar fight. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's definitely humbling, but it's uh it's perspective changing too. It, it uh, really, I know that once I get back in there, that my, I'm going to be so focused on my cardio that that will not be an issue again. Um, I'll be hammering out, doing simulation rounds out the ass, and uh, you know, like I said, it's all about learning. So that's that's what those experiences do is teach you things you need to learn for later on in the game. Yeah, well, I feel like it really, for you, it seems like it really just recommitted you to the game, period. Like, you were just like, all right, after all this shit's done, I'm going to recommit myself completely to this so I can be the absolute best version of myself and nobody, I can facts. never have to feel like anybody's got a one-up on me ever again in this cage. Oh, yeah, facts, facts. Well, speaking of the cage, there's a lot of like general MMA news that I wanted to cover with you because I cover it with all of my friends who watch fighting, but you're the only person I really know that has an intimate, intimate knowledge of combat sports, uh, which is like, obviously, John Jones came back, and John's my yeah, favorite yeah. fighter, my favorite fighter of all time. I think he's the best ever, but yeah, John agree. came back, John came back to heavyweight, and I mean, dominated, essentially. Yeah, I mean, terribly, and terribly took, <laughs> just took poor surreal gone right down and choked him out. But what what do you think? Like, what was your opinions as someone here? You know, because I have a lot of respect for surreal. I think he's a great fighter. He's the yeah. when it comes to footwork wise, like standing up footwork wise, he's the best heavyweight I've ever seen footwork wise. Like standing, yeah, he, he moves like a welterweight. Yeah, it's nuts. So I really yeah. thought of if anyone could be a challenge for John at one at heavyweight, I was like, it's this guy because he can move. And then I just yeah. completely forgot that John is one of the best wrestlers on planet Earth and just yeah. mauled him as soon as he got him on the ground. Yeah, I uh, I really did think Cyril was going to give him problems because he was my big thing was could John take a punch from a heavyweight? Because I mean, I mean, we know he could take a punch from light heavyweights and he's fought some big light heavyweights, but. 
fifty pounds is a big difference, you know. Um, well, and he never second, had to fight someone like Rumble. Like you know, like Rumble could hit real hard, and I always wondered yeah. with Rumble. I'm like, if Rumble landed flush, would that hurt John? Yeah, facts. I also wondered, could he hurt a heavyweight? Cause, yeah. Um, with just his hands, obviously his his knees, his elbows, and kicks, he's very very. But very rarely did you ever see John flatline people with his hands. You know, who's more of a uh, put a pace volume. on somebody and then catch him with a knee, elbow. Yeah, volume or submit him with his grappling. So that was a thought I had. And then I was thinking, could his cardio, kick, you know, uh, hold up after five rounds, you know, after putting on 40 pounds? Like, those were my issues or my thoughts were that he would run into issues he would run into in the fight. But once again, like you said, he's one of the best wrestlers in MMA and he uh, had a solid game plan and Cyril didn't seem to be ready for it at all. I mean, uh, if so, it just shows the level that John's actually on because he did what he wanted with him, took him straight down, put him straight against the fence, and the choke he did like you know like a daddy choke, like come here man, I got you. Boom. <laughs> it, was, it was impressive, yeah, definitely. Impressive. He really did. He really like. I mean, it wasn't even like a full on like hooked in guillotine. He just straight yeah. sunned the poor man. Yeah. Straight he was up. just like he, yeah. he just squeezed him and was like, "You're not getting out of this. You might as well tap out." And he did. And I think what you said about cardio is the most interesting thing for me about John and heavyweight because we obviously with that fight we didn't it didn't go long enough for his cardio to even kind of make a difference. But I wonder like cause his his next fight is against Stipe supposedly. As let's say if people know you're watching the fights right now because we'll get to Cejudo and Sterling in just a moment. Yeah, but I but, uh, I, I think something where he, John's teasing retirement again. I don't know. He's teasing retirement after this next fight. He said, I'll fight Stipe, and then I'm probably retiring. And yeah, I, would assume I hope so. I hope so, too. And I, I would assume it's because John doesn't see any real challenges at heavyweight. Yeah. yeah. And besides maybe. Mean, yeah. I mean, besides Francis. That Yeah. But the UFC already said they're not going to sign Francis back. And Francis yeah. seems to want a lot of money. So that makes me think he's going to go to boxing, some sort of boxing. But, uh, the rumors I've read from Ariel recently is that he's going to go to PFL. They're just going to pay really? him a nonsense amount of money. Yeah. Good for I him. Good for him because he'd probably, I mean, I've seen some of the heavyweight fights that, I mean, they're no slouches, don't get me wrong, but. They're not Francis the Ngannou. Yeah, exactly. And the PFL <laughs> is just a step down in competition overall from the UFC. Um, so, I mean, that would be a smart move. Um but I think Stipe would be a great fight for John, really do, because he, he can kind of match the grappling department a little better than, obviously, Sarah yeah. could. Um, he's and way he's, better wrestler. You know, people still don't sleep on Stipe. He's still one of the greatest heavyweights of all time, you know. I mean, he beat DC I mean, twice. As, beat, as far as the UFC is concerned, Stipe is the greatest heavyweight they've ever had. Yeah. and I mean, he so, defended I mean, the belt more than anybody else. He beat DC twice. Mm-hmm. So that would be great for John's legacy. It's like you said, Stipe is such a better grappler that I don't feel like John could just control him. And striking-wise is interesting because John looked slower, a little slower in his fight with Serial. That was the only thing that concerned me was he he did look a, a step slower than he does at light heavyweight. Yeah, So true. I wonder, but I also wonder because Stipe comes in lighter, right? He comes in around 230-ish. Yeah, I think so. I do think, you, yeah, somewhere between 230 and 240 usually. Do you think part of the problem for John is maybe that he's a little heavy? 
possible. Could have been to match Cyril's size so that if, you know, because Cyril's a big, big heavyweight. I think he was full 260 um, and carried it well. I think that's maybe why he tried to step in there at 250 like he was. Maybe if he fights Stipe, he pulls it down 10 to 15 pounds, runs a little bit more. Steps in yeah, at comes, 230, 235, and gets I feel like speed. John's natural, yeah, John's natural weight's probably about 225, 230-ish, I would mm-hmm. say. Like, his natural in-shape weight. Yeah. Before he cuts for 205. Yeah. What's up, dude? But yeah, John's natural weight is probably 205. We have a child at the doorway. Do you need something? <laughs> You're good. You need something out of here? No, I can't cut your toe off. <laughs> But yeah, John probably, probably go to jail for that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, John's natural weight, I would say, is probably two thirty-ish. So it, maybe if he comes in at that, he'll look a little more spry. I'm just—I think John at heavyweight is such a curious thing because mm-hmm. he's fought at two hundred five for so long, and he's got such a process down of yeah. like how to do it. So I'm, I think we're all just curious, like, okay, so how is this going to change things for you? Yeah, and that jump to heavyweight, such I mean, sixty pounds is a crazy jump. They need to put another weight class in there. Two twenty five makes a lot of sense, you know. Oh, um, I, Brian, don't don't even get me started on this rant. I have been on the the UFC needs to change weight class change weight classes rant for a a decade. Of yeah. there needs to be a weight class every ten pounds. I don't understand why we don't do this. We do so many because everyone's like, "Oh, there's too many belts." We have fifteen fucking interim belts anyway. Yeah. Why yeah. does it? Why does it matter? Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, it would just create more, more pay-per-view events, more champions, more stars, more, more fight matchups that we never got to see happen. I mean, all kinds of shit. So I agree. Oh yeah. Well, for me, you look at a guy like like you could have had Nate Diaz could have been a champion in the UFC. Nick Diaz could have been a champion in the UFC. I mean, you. Have, but to me, like a guy I look at for the ultimate epitome is like Gilbert Burns. Yeah. Somebody who like a 165 class would be great for, or what? You know, you yeah. could have guys try to get three belts, four belts. Very you true. could figure it very, out. Very yeah. So I've always been a. There should be a weight class. It should be like boxing. Just have a weight class every ten pounds. Yeah. Start at 125 and then 25, 35, 45, 55, 65, 75. Yep. On up all the way and then. You know, you do 205, I mean, shit, if you want to do 205, 215, 225, cool. And then make a heavyweight, and then I think yeah. I think a super heavyweight, stop cutting it off at 265, have a super heavyweight, no no weight class, no limit, you know? Agree a thousand percent. If you want to do a 260 class at heavyweight, that's fine, but do a super yeah. heavyweight class. Yeah, where you have just freak shows in there, 330-pound monsters, you know? Telling, I'm telling you, Dana, you just got to call us. We'll figure it out for you. Yeah. We'll figure just it out for you, Papa. Small percentage. Or that percentage, please. Just like oh, just like half a percent of ownership. That's all I ask for. Jesus. <laughs> so much money. <laughs> it's crazy how much money that Dana White makes. Oh, dude. I have something wrote down here that he's getting ready to make a whole lot more money. That's what yeah. it sounds like. But, uh, but another person who's making a whole lot of money is Israel Adesanya. What oh, yeah. a what a victory! That, that had was, to be. That wasn't what I, I thought was gonna watch happen. Watch that one, dude! I was so pissed. I had the stream up and everything, and I was watching, and the stream shat out on me, like literally as he was walking into the cage, and I spent dude. fucking 
10 minutes trying to get it back up. Never worked. And then I got an ESPN notification, Israel Adesanya, by a second-round knockout. And, of course, I've seen the highlight. I've seen the knockout and stuff. But I was, like, I was so hyped for that fight because that feeling, it was an all-or-nothing feeling. You're an all-or-nothing fight. You know what I'm saying? Cause oh, yeah. No easy, what, either, easy win, either easy wins that fight or it's over. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I couldn't imagine that build-up of your career – um, this guy always having your number and being on the largest stage and fighting or one of the largest stages and fighting right now and having that, that, yeah. well, I can't, I can't imagine the release, like yeah. the shot of him after the knockout where he's shooting him with the arrows, you can tell just the emotions that went into that fight for him is he played it down. Like it wasn't a big yeah. deal, but you can tell to, he felt it just as much as the rest of us is like. This is fucking it. I have to beat this dude. Facts, absolutely. And he, and he did. I mean, it was, it was unexpected for me because it's not the way I expected Izzy to win. I thought if Izzy was gonna win, I thought if Izzy wins this, he'll probably do what he always does. He's so technical and he's so perfect. He'll just out, he'll just outclass this dude, and he'll never yeah. get touched. And I mean, he hit him with the perfect counter. I mean, yeah. the perfect counter. I don't know if he was. I don't know if he was possuming him in. Or if he was actually hurt, whichever one, credit to Izzy. If he was playing possum, what a fucking strategy. And if he was hurt and was still able to fire off like that, what a warrior. Yeah, no, I agree. I don't know either. I mean, it's, it, you know, prayer, prayer is such a heavy hitter. It's hard to believe that he wasn't hurt some bit, somewhat, you know. Like, yeah. obviously, he could have been over-exaggerating a little bit to bait him in, which... You know, it was would have been a great strategy, and you know, I definitely believe that if he says that's what he did. But to think that none of those shots even did a little damage, though, like it definitely did something. You know, but well, I mean, yeah, he, Izzy can say whatever he wants. Like, that first leg kick had to hurt because you heard yeah. that shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. And, and that's something Pereira that's is clearly made of wood, made of stone, because those yeah. leg kicks look like they are killer. But I mean. What a yeah, shot! And in, in MMA, it's leg leg kicks are so, you know, um, I think you know most fighters and you know most people who watch MMA know how effective leg kicks are. But if, to the you know average Joe, the casual like, viewer, yeah, they're like, why is he kicking in the leg, bro? Leg kicks are fucking devastating. They take your mobility away. They take your explosion away. They take everything away. Dude, it's just for what I'll always remember the fight that, and I tell anybody, I say, You want to know how bad leg kicks can treat you? The fight I always point to is Jose Aldo and Uriah Faber's, yeah. I think, second fight and where Jose, yeah, and Jose just chewed up that lead mm -hmm. leg to the point where Uriah couldn't, minutes. yeah, couldn't walk. And I was like, Listen, dude, you take one of those as a normal person, it will debilitate you. Facts, facts. That's, I don't know how you all do it. I don't know how you all just get kicked in the leg like that and continue to fight people. A lot of it's adrenaline. <laughs> you know, you definitely <laughs> feel a lot of it during the fight. You definitely feel some of it, um, but right after the fight, it's terrible. Well, not only that, you guys are probably trained, like, the checks. Like, you're probably trained to check a kick just enough where it's not going to absolutely destroy your knee yeah, to get kicked like yeah, that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, Checking hurts, too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it doesn't look like it's a pleasant time. Yeah. So the fights you're watching right now are the Sterling and Cejudo, and I really wanted to get your opinion on this fight because these guys are both at your weight class. So this is something you can give a lot of opinions on, and I, yeah. I mean especially. So what are your feelings on on Aljamain? Because I'm a, I, think, I like Aljamain. I do too. I uh, I think uh, I think he 
definitely got hurt in that fight against Jan. I mean, he had to get his his uh, his disc fused in his neck after that. Um, you know, people were saying he acted or whatever. You know, I don't. I, it, it may be a little bit, but I think that knee definitely fucked him up. Um, and then I think for him to adjust and come back and put on the performance like he did against Jan is something something to talk about. Um, sorry, this fucking it's Drew Dober and. Uh, the Frivola, I forgot his first name, but they're swinging right now, dude. Don't be offensive, dude. Drew Dober don't play around. I love watching Drew Dober fight. That might be one of my most, one of my favorite fighters that's not top 10. I mean, he's always right there on the cusp, but he's just, it seems like he can't really get in that top 8, top well, I, top I feel I feel bad for Drew because they let him have a couple entertaining fights, and then yeah. he had to fight Islam, and I'm just like, well, that's just fucking mean-spirited. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but he, I mean, he's a solid all-around fighter. I think he could be top five for sure. He just got to put a couple things together. But back to Al Jermaine, I definitely, uh, I definitely think he's the biggest bantamweight in the, in the division. He's huge. Crazy. I didn't realize how big he was at 135 until he fought Yon. And I was like, God, he's massive. Dude, I, he's uh, the per- perfect height weight for the yeah, class. I mean, he, he, I seen a video. And he said he was walking. He was weighing about 167, and he had his shirt off, dude, and he was shredded. So for to me, like when I'm making 130, 135, I'm you know walking 55 to 60. Um, you know, good days I'm 52, bad days I'm 61, and that's a tough, tough cut for me. And I'm not as shredded as Algermain. So no. for, to comprehend him being shredded weighing 165 pounds cutting 30 pounds i don't see how he makes it i really don't but i don't uh, either how would you get down to the weight god what an animal with all that being said though if someone can deal with it i do think Cejudo's that guy Um, i mean hey olympic gold medalist triple c himself henry cejudo yeah Yeah, he's He's the man He's definitely one of the greats. People don't like to say that because he's cringy or whatever, but, I mean, you can't deny um, his skill set. He's, he beat, I mean, he's like, cringy, but. He beat, but... He beat D- DJ, yeah. he beat, uh, the, for Cruz. him to, Cruz, for him to fight Marlon Marais, get completely, like, pieced up, almost put down by Marlon in the first round, and then just completely readjust and come back and just put it on him and finish in the third round is incredible like it's it takes such a high fight iq um and uh you know uh patience and determination and that's something that's like really speaks to greatness for sure in my opinion oh so yeah i'm I, down it's, super excited this is one of my most favorite oh George just got knocked out <laughs> he just got he's still fighting though he got he got dropped hard he's still fighting though oh they stopped it that, that oh was they crazy. stopped it but uh, Drew's yeah. down. Yeah, Drew just got knocked out. Well, TKO. Damn it. But uh, poor Drew. Yeah, poor guy. Dude, that's probably Henry's best attributes. Is probably just his determination and his will. Yeah. Because yep. I mean, this is a guy who got murdered, and I mean murdered by Mighty Mouse in their first mm-hmm. fight. I mean, Mighty yeah. Mouse sunned him. Was like, yeah. please, bitch. Yeah. Who you think you're in this cage with? And for him to come back and beat Mighty Mouse is crazy. Yeah. So, absolutely absolutely did you see and, uh demetrius's last fight last night did you see- yeah i watched the highlights of it i haven't seen the whole thing 
Yeah. Uh, that's his third fight with this fellow, right? He got knocked yeah. out the first one, one, and then has won these last two. Yeah, and that dude's fucking huge too. I don't see how that dude makes one thirty-five. He's yeah, he's monstrous. When they weigh in, dude, like DJ's down here and his head's way up here, and he's he's big too. So I don't. Yeah, I, he's like five eleven. Yeah, and he's thick. You know, he's not just a you know skin and bone. He's thick. Um, but yeah, Demetrius. Demetrius is probably my number two all-time great, and see, I'm the same my way. Favorite fighter to watch, honestly. Um, I don't know. He's just so good everywhere. Never gets tired. Such a respect. He reminds guy. me. He reminds me of George in the sense that he's so good at everything, at yeah. absolutely everything. He's a good, great grappler, great submission artist, great striker, mm. and but he's so respectful that he doesn't get the press. That I think he deserves yeah. to get. Absolutely. Which was George. George was the same way. George was so dominant at one seventy, but nobody ever talked about him because he's the sweetest person on earth. Mm-hmm. Yep. You gotta. <laughs> it's, it's sad that you gotta be uh, a showman. You know. I mean, I guess that's the name of the game. You gotta sell the fights to the to the un, uh, to the you know everyday Joe. But you know, it is what it is. Us us uh, who are true diehard fans know and respect the real great you know the 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 best of the best yeah the mighty mouses of the world yeah for sure uh so before we get into the final fight topic i fight topic i have for you the what's your prediction tonight real quick on sterling cejudo this will go out on tuesday so your prediction will age pretty much immediately yeah uh, i mean it's not a big deal lord uh, jesus it's hard to say, man. It really is hard to say. I uh, I want to go, I want to go Cejudo decision. I think is what I'm gonna go. Um, I think Aljamain could definitely most likely win. outcome. You, you you got Aljamain? I don't know who I. I'll say Aljamain, but I would say what you said about decision. I think is the most likely outcome. I don't think either of the neither of these guys' style is leans itself to a finish yeah to somebody getting splattered and you know i would definitely not be at all surprised if i was made one like i'm not like saying that oh henry's gonna go out and win this fight i think it's gonna be a fucking coin flip um i'm really curious to see how henry deals with the size difference um if he chooses to grapple because aljermaine tends to shy away from striking so it might suit henry to strike and try to keep on the feet but then he's got to deal with the reach yeah. disadvantage. Um, but then again, why would you want to risk but, wrestling with a bigger dude who could tire you out? And if Dodgerman gets your back, I mean, that's just fucking nightmare. So Yeah. Well, and one thing that's what I was going to ask you about, like, what do you think Henry's plan is? Because Henry's, a pr- Henry's made himself into a pretty proficient striker in MMA. If I was Henry, that would be my goal, is to keep it on the feet, at least the first two rounds. First round, you know... Unless he completely just getting pieced up, then I mean you can yeah, adapt I mean, and, and change. But my plan would be to keep it on the feet because you know Aljamain has a great jab and great kicks. Well, I just but, can't imagine Sterling will piece him up though. Like I, you know, I mean he may be able yeah. to keep you at distance, but I can't imagine he would be giving you real problems on the feet. Yeah, exactly. Like he you said, you're if he could the do issues with Aljamain and Demetrius Johnson and. Dominic Cruz on the feet. I don't feel like Aljamain is going to present a lot of problems on the feet. Um, but issues if he gets your back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that would be my go-to. But 
I'm no Henry Cejudo, so. That's fair. You're on your way, young man. <laughs> Shit, maybe. Uh, the the last thing, I, like fight topic thing, I wanted to get your opinion on, because you're a fight fan, and as a big fight fan myself, is Jake Paul versus Nate Diaz is officially going yeah. to happen in a boxing ring. I'm I'm hype. I'm hype. I'm curious because like I'll be the first to admit I doubted Jake heavily. Yeah, I did too. Like I was, I was heavy. Then I was. Yeah, that was my turning point. My my real turning point was when he forced me to eat that hot wing over the Ben Askren fight because that shit fucking hurt. Yeah. And I'll never forgive yeah. Jake for that. Yeah. But when he knocked out Woodley is when I was like, okay, this guy's for real. Like, yeah. he may not be a world-class boxer ever, but he's he's for fucking real. He's got a yeah. right hand. I mean, for a 5-0 and boxer, you know, aside from... You know, Vasily Lomachenko, because Vasily had like 100 amateur fights and was like like 98-2 or something crazy. You know, for a 5-0 boxer, I think he's a, about as good as they get for 5-0. Yeah. That makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Like he's Yeah, I know what you're saying. If he keeps training hard and, you know, stepping up the competition, like he might, he couldn't possibly be a world champion one day. Do I think he's ever going to be like... Canelo Alvarez, absolutely not. I mean, Canelo's been boxing his whole life and is, in my opinion, one of the greatest of all time. Of course, you got Floyd and you got, you know, Tank and then Manny Pacquiao, you know, thing. But, um, yeah, I think uh, back to the Jake and Nate, though. What's interesting or what I think is going to be a challenge is how big Jake is. Is Nate yeah. really... Jake's a big boy. Yeah. that's People really underplay it, but he's a big fella. Yeah. Nate can take a punch like no other don't. I mean he I mean fucking uh Jorge I mean you name it he's a he's taking punches from the best US oh, players there are world class Nate that's my thing is I don't think Jake can make, knock Nate out because Nate has such world class toughness yeah and he's taking strikes from such world class fighters mm -hmm. but I don't know if at this advanced age if Nate has the requisite boxing skills it would take to really give Jake a problem. Yeah. Um, I I don't know, man. It, that's what, it's one of those things that, one of those fights that you kind of just got to watch and see how it plays out, in my opinion, because you don't yeah. you know. If, if Nate's training hard in boxing, I mean, he's always had great, you know, great boxing as far as, you know, UFC is concerned. He, he pieces people up and puts a pace on them that a lot of people just can't keep up with. And that would be, I think, a key to victory for him is just absolutely pushing the pace. You know, you can't get reckless because Jake does have that power. But if he can push the pace, get him tired in rounds, you know, they say they do a 10-round fight. I don't know what they would agree to. I think his last fight Jake did was eight. I think it was eight. Yeah, his last fight with, his last fight with Tommy was eight. Yeah, so, like, if you could push him and say, hey, I want a 10-round fight, you know, and push the pace, and then, you know, maybe in rounds 8, 9, 10, look to knock him down, you know, really seal the victory. Um, I don't know. Kind of kind of playing it the way Tommy paid, did, it, honestly. For that. Get, yeah. get paid, man. Get your, get your money, Nate. I'm yeah. fully on board with that. I agree with you. I think if Nate wants a plan, the, the best plan is what Tommy did, is just – Kind of let him box himself out in the first couple of rounds and then put a pace on him and really see if he's got the cardio to go or if yeah. he's going to swing for the fences. I, I think my my concern, if I'm Jake Paul's team, is that because he kind of thoroughly got beat by Tommy, that he'll be looking for a highlight reel knockout against Nate here, and he'll gas himself. Yeah, I know he got beat by Tommy, but I didn't see the fight, so I don't know, like... 
details like it, it was a so, decisive victory or not or what you know it was a decisive victory for tommy but it wasn't like impressive it wasn't like he absolutely dominated jake it's just that it was clear when they got in the ring that tommy had been doing this for far longer than jake and it was one of those situations where he just was way more experienced in a ring yeah and it, he used his jab and his distance, and he stayed away from Jake's power, and I always wonder what would happen, and Jake just couldn't, he didn't have the fundamentals to fall back on to, like, save himself from the fact that Tommy just knew more about boxing than he did. Yeah, I'm with you. Because when he did, when he did catch Tommy, like, when he hit him, you could tell that even Tommy Fury was like, oh, fuck, that hurts a lot more than I thought it was going to. Yeah, yeah, and, uh... You know, they're athletes for sure, man. There's a video I've seen of Logan and uh, Paulo Costa wrestling. Have you ever seen that? Yeah, Logan used to... I, I want to say Logan was a Division One college wrestler yeah, in I Ohio. What, yeah, I know he's a collegiate wrestler, but uh, there's a video of him and Paulo Costa sparring, and it's uh, it was impressive. It was, like, really eye-opening to show that, you know, they're both super, super... Uh, oh, yeah, they're very athletic. So... I mean, I I give Jake I I give Jake all the credit in the world because like I said I very much doubted him and he's proven me wrong. He's a very yeah. serious combat sports athlete. And, yeah, and another thing, I mean, imagine if you're a twenty-two, three, four, or five-year-old kid when he started training. You know, I think he started training when he was twenty. You got millions of dollars and all day to do whatever you want. So if you can surround yourself with the elite team that he's surrounding himself with, train all day. I mean, you got, and you're an athlete, like, you're gonna get good. Like, it just, yeah. One plus one equals two in that equation, you know? Um, so, yeah, if, if you are a naturally athletically inclined dude and you are training with world class combat sports athletes, you're gonna pick it up. Yeah, facts, facts. It's just natural. So, I, the what this leads into is perfect transition and why I included this topic was uh, Endeavor. And the company that owns the UFC and the WWE recently merged together to form yeah. one brand new company. I seen that. Uh, yeah. I, I, I am a gigantic pro wrestling fan. I have been uh, yeah. my pretty much my whole life. Yeah. And I didn't know if you were. I was gonna ask you, do you like pro wrestling at all? Man, I used to watch it all all the time when I was a kid. But uh, when I got into like collegiate wrestling, I strayed away from it because I just you know I always thought of wrestling as six one nines and and F yeah. stuff, but then once I started actually wrestling, I just started watching you, that more, you know. So I, yeah, I started I, doing I, single leg takedowns and stuff like that. From it, yeah. But I think yeah. it's a great opportunity for fighters to maybe make a little extra money on the side, do a little cross platform, cross promotion type deal, you know. Um, See, I'm the same way. I think it. I think because like there's a lot of people who look at it as a bad thing for the UFC. I think it's great. I think it's great for the UFC. Yeah. Because first off. People don't understand how much money the WWE makes. It's one of the top five most profitable companies on earth. Mm, yeah. They make like six, like three billion dollars a year or something crazy, crazy like that. Yeah. So they they make insane profits. So it's gonna bring eyeballs to UFC fighters, but it sure. it does kind of it feels like a natural connection. Yeah. Pro wrestling and MMA fighting. Uh, yeah. Like they they feel so similar. Yeah, for sure. I seen something where. Uh, Ariel was talking about when Vince McMahon, back when the Ultimate Fighter um, first started out, it took the 10.30 spot, or the 11 o'clock spot, right after Monday Night Raw. And uh, he thinks that's directly correlated with what got so many eyes on UFC and the Ultimate Fighter initially, because people went for Monday Night Raw, and then, boom, came on this reality TV show about fighting. And uh, 
he thinks he made a connection to that and was kind of like saying that it was inevitable that the UFC and and WWE were going to someday or you know someday be connected and uh, he thinks once again like I said that they were responsible for some of the 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 viewers that really popularity yeah and which is well, I mean I can awesome. attest to that I was a a lifelong I'm a lifelong pro wrestling fan and pro wrestling led me directly to the UFC yeah. Like, as, when I found out what the UFC was, and, like, I was like, oh, these guys are really fighting each other. I was like, this is fucking awesome. Yeah. yeah and that's sure. how I fell in love with dudes like George St. Pierre and Anderson Silva, and I was just like, this is great. But, obviously, me and you think this is a good thing for the UFC. I, I think it's a good thing because one thing I point out, like, because you just said, like we were talking about earlier, you have to kind of be a showman because you have these nice guys like um, – George and Mighty Mouse, who are these super sweet dudes who would just have such trouble getting people to watch them because they're so kind. And you have someone like Connor, who's a fucking supernova mm-hmm. and yeah. is going to talk a freight train of shit to you before you fight, and everyone's going to watch it. Yep. One thing I think I think would be interesting for the UFC is if they could get, because you know, obviously in the WWE, that's the whole point is these guys say mean things to each other and then they you know they fight. Yeah. If you could get almost like a promo class for these UFC guys, for the guys who have trouble kind of doing the talking and doing the con- like the back and forth. Yeah. Well, a good thing, I think, or, you know, something that they could integrate into the UFC is like WWE is really good about they have, they know what they want their fighters, what they want their athletes' character to be. You know, like they, hey, right from the jump, you're going to be a heel. Sorry about it, but guess what? It's going to get you paid. It's going to get us paid. That's what it's going to be. You know, kind of like how Colby kind of took the heel position and ran with it, you know. Exactly. Um, if they can if they can start like, hey, you know, you need to be, you need to start playing towards this character a little bit more, you know. It's just going to help you sell more fights and make you more money. You know, you can choose not to. And if you want to do your own thing, completely understandable. But if your pay reflects that, you know, don't say we didn't try to help you, you know, because... It, you know, at the end of the day, it is entertainment, and it's, you know, as much it's as... It's a business. Yeah, as much as people want to maintain their their true self, you know, not everybody is a fucking Sean O'Malley where they got a, a character that sells, you know, like, um, so it's something that... Yeah, well, I, not... That's, go ahead. It's not everybody is naturally like tv worthy you know it's yeah just because you are a great fighter doesn't mean you have this tv worthy personality and there's nothing wrong with that yeah like i don't want sure. people to think that like i'm i'm hating on these guys one of my favorite fighters ever is yeah. like a guy like matt hughes who and matt hughes is i mean i love him but he's a very dull man yeah he's exactly. a fucking animal but yeah. he's a dull guy Dude, I met Matt. And I think. Did, did, I, did you ever see that picture I posted on my Instagram? Yeah, I saw that picture. That's awesome. Dude, I felt terrible for him though. Like, uh, did you know about like the the truck accident where he got hit by the train and all that stuff, and he went into coma, right? No, I didn't know that. Oh, dude, he went through some shit. He got, his truck got hit by a train, and he went into a coma. And uh, he's he's rough, man. He, uh, he he can't really walk very well, and you could tell there's like something's not right up there. cognitively like, there's yeah something he struggles like a little bit the fighting you know i mean that probably definitely plays a little part but there's something bigger and it's from that coma um but he was happy happy as all can like he uh he uh he was there in evansville for a local mma fight um he's got a youtube channel where he he goes to barbecue places and 
tries barbecue and reviews it. And that's where I was working at was a barbecue place. Um, but I mean, you know, he seems happy as hell, which that's awesome. But I did. I mean, hey, that's all you can ask for. Yeah. It's, it sucks that he had to go through all that shit. Yeah, for sure. But I'm glad he's happy. Yeah. Matt sure. deserves it. For sure, for sure. Legends, for sure. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what I wanted to ask you as someone who, you know, potentially could be in the UFC one day. What, who is someone as, as a, a former wrestling fan you would look forward to meeting to meeting potentially? Ooh, Joe Rogan. Like, if you got a chance. No question. Joe Rogan? No question asked. That's my hero, dude. I mean, you know, as far as if I could get, you know, fighter-wise, um, Demetrius, probably. Demetrius, um, I'd like to sit down and talk with him. I'd like to sit down and talk with somebody like uh, um, Alexander Volkanovsky. I think Alexander is another one that should be in the conversation because, oh yeah, you know, even though he's that so great, with Islam dude, I think was such a good performance despite the loss. I think it could have been a coin flip, could have went either way, but no. oh yeah, it, you could you could have given either guy the win, yeah. and I wouldn't have argued against it. But the fact that he could go up a weight class, put on a performance like that, and then finish the fight on top you know with his cardio he could have looks like he could have went another two rounds and been just fine i think if it would have went longer he would have finished islam um you know and see what islam's done to everybody else i mean fuck knocked out uh Oliver in the second round which Oliver's just been dominating everybody to do oh yeah i mean i think Volkanovski i mean he, going down he went the greats as well oh, yeah islam went through 155 like a hot knife through warm butter yeah and Volk just absolutely, I mean, it was stunning mm. how much, how different of a fight that was for Islam. And I think that was the thing for me is I always wondered. I'm just like, what is going to happen with one of these Dagestani dudes when somebody is finally just like, no. Yeah. You're not taking me down. You are not going to control me on the ground. Mm -hmm. No. I was <laughs> I was so hype watching that fight, dude, because I was really worried that it was going to be the same story of of Islam just taking him down and drowning him, but he did. He had such such a heart, such determination, and I was like I said, I was so inspired after watching that fight, dude. I was fucking so hyped. I I probably would have given it to Volk just for what you said because he went up a weight class. He's fighting the bigger dude. Yeah, I would. Like, I and he, to me, he to me he just did a little more. Yeah, and. You know, the big thing is, like, the very last round, the very last picture everybody saw was him on top of Islam, raining down strikes and Islam shelling up. Like, it's hard, you know, like Joe even talks about. It. He's like, in a schoolyard fight, if you're getting your ass kicked for the first two minutes, but then right before the teacher comes and breaks it up, you're on top of him, wailing on him, you know, beating the shit out of him. You won that fight. The teacher pulls you off. Yeah, everybody's going to be like, yeah, he won that fight. He won that fight, so. You know, sport, perception, who knows. The hope is that they'll fight again one day. I think they will, for sure. I think they're both going to continue winning yeah. and then run it back. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's inevitable that Volk goes up to 155 permanently, probably. Yeah, he's a big 45-er too, man. He's thick as a motherfucker. He's a thick boy. He's a thick boy. <laughs> Straight up. Probably around. Probably around when, you know, Yair and... Oh, did Yair and... Mac, no, who, Max fought... Um, I can't remember his name. Max didn't fight Yair yet. He fought... He just fought... I mean, they uh, may... Uh, Allen. Arnold Allen. There you go. Arnold Allen. I was about to say, because I think that's the next fight, is him and Max. Yeah. Um, I fucking love Max. Too. Well, I guess Yair's gonna... I guess Yair's gonna fight 
Alex. Yeah, fight yeah, Volk, yeah, but. the fight. And then it, it sucks, man. I mean, even though Volk's won three in a row against Max, I don't care. I'd watch a fourth. I don't even care about the, the you know, it's just such oh, a yeah. fight between the two of them. The, the first three entertaining, the first fight's been entertaining enough that I'm just like, I don't even care that it's 3 yeah. I'll watch another one. Yeah, straight up. <laughs> Sign me right up. And they're both just, they both just win. Like, nobody can beat the two of them at 145, it don't seem like. You know, if Yair can't beat, um, Volkanovski in the upcoming fight, then like, what other fight do you make besides Max and and Volkanovski again? Well, it's like it's like one eighty five. Like they're talking about Whitaker fighting for the title again, despite the fact that you know Izzy has cleaned him up. Yeah, twice. Which to me that's a harder sell because like you know unlike the Max fight, those are two razor close decisions. Yeah. Sure. Whereas with the Izzy, Izzy, Spanish. I mean I love yeah. Rob. Yeah, but he smoked him twice. Yeah. But like you said, nobody can beat Rob. It's just a weird yeah. styles make fights, man. And that's the thing. I was I was saying if Pereira did beat Israel in the last fight and remain champion, I was like, that's the time for Rob to win because Rob could go in and out grapple Pereira and get his belt back. And that's just that's just MMA math, you know, like one guy might beat this guy five times and beat this other guy three times, but then that guy beats this guy and it's like what that don't make any sense on paper, but it's just how it's just styles make fights. It's how it's how fighting is. Yeah, for sure. Well, speaking of things that don't don't make sense, I know I, the last thing, one of the last things I have for you is uh, the last thing we covered on this podcast. A friend of mine came over and we did conspiracy theories, and I know you're a, a you are used to be a big conspiracy guy yourself. I just know I just follow the truth. That's all I follow. <laughs> I just follow the truth. He said, I just follow, I follow the facts, Kyle. Nothing more, nothing less. Well, I was more going to ask, like, what are the ones you're into now? Because things have changed so much. Like, I know you're, a, you know, obviously all the classic ones, like JFK and all that stuff. I Shit, I'm a JFK guy. I'm like, I don't know. Who, who knows who killed that guy? Yeah. All right, we all watched the president get no-scoped on live television. Who fuck knows what happened? Yeah, I actually seen a video an alternate angle, and the, it looks like the driver of the car pulls a gun out. Because if you watch the video of JFK getting shot, his head goes backwards, right? But they say he got shot from the back, which makes no sense. He got shot from the back, his head would have went forward. But there's a, yeah, a, a angle where it looks like the driver turns and shoots over his shoulder and shoots him in the head. And uh, That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I definitely believe they killed him because of the Gulf of Tonkin incident. And then uh, he uh, vetoed um, the... Uh, what was it? He vetoed the oh, it's escaping my mind now. Uh, well, his commentary on just like God, what was uh, his commentary like? Just the way he's handled things, his commentary on bringing back CIA control and yeah, um, God, the Federal Reserve. That was yeah. his big thing. Was he he wanted to do something about the Federal Reserve because he felt like it was robbing Americans of their their tax dollars. And I'm just like, man, you can't say shit like that. You yeah. can't threaten to actually change things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. His speech about secret societies was crazy, and then you know that was months before yeah. he died. So definitely that one. But so. like looking at like modern conspiracies of like today's times, like the 2020 election, or like PizzaGate, or like, Jeffrey Epstein, you know, like, for like, sure, dude. Yeah, Jeffrey Epstein, all that stuff. Like, what are the ones you're into nowadays? Where you're just like, this is the man. All of them. For me, it's, it'll always be Epstein. For real, yeah. Um, I know that you know why 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 is the list of all the the 
people that flew the island being released, you know, obviously because one of them is an important person who has influence that was like, hey, we're not releasing this, you know. Um, I, uh, that one's definitely uh, pertinent. I also think there's just a bunch of shit going on with Ukraine and uh, this war that's being, you know, being fought right now. I think that, you know, China has some sort of fucking play that they're doing between not only us and 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 Taiwan and um, you know trying to um, infiltrate our our society through like media through um, shower through the shower sorry no you're good no. go ahead but I don't know man I just I think of everything from a little bit of a different angle not that it's right but I always just keep my my uh, keep your mind open yeah because it's nothing as as it seems nothing is as it seems yeah. well it's like you said with the ukraine thing like it, it's almost like a proxy war yeah. like between us china and russia like it's almost like these two bigger nations are trying to almost drain resources it feels like yeah and it's like it's, a look the here ukraine shit. is yeah like, like look at the shiny thing yeah and meanwhile they're i seen something where china is they're opening up or they're you know cultivating more farmland than ever to prepare for a war so that they can you know they can grow all their food in-house because they they buy a lot of, of corn and whatnot from us so in order to be independent of that they gotta first you know build that infrastructure and uh, um, you know same with Russia you know they obviously with the the oil embargoes and everything they have uh, they're missing out on a lot of exports and you know trade throughout the, the world but um, if they can deal with that now and ally with China enough to become independent, then they don't really have to fear losing out on these resources that we have to offer, the rest of the world has to offer. So, I don't know, man. Yeah, I mean, if you can grow, grow all that stuff yourself, you can go to a war with whoever the fuck you want. Yeah, and then all the UFO shit, too, like, that's been going on recently. Dude, the UFO stuff is insane. Yeah, and, you know, I'm praying that, these aliens just come down here and just set us straight and like, yo, chill the <laughs> fuck out. We're taking all your nukes. We're taking this and that. Like, you guys are not doing this shit. Learn to learn to love each other. Yeah, if they just like take a mothership full of all these fucking politicians that are just greedy and evil and just suck them on up and just flying out of the universe and just leave us normal people here on the planet. You know what I'm saying? Like. <laughs> That would be ideal. I think that's the only way we like the world. That's the only way things get back. Yeah, shifts back to normal. Shifts back on its axis. Yeah, it feels like we're just in such a precarious place. Yeah, because dude, like, as a today, like everybody likes to think. I mean, this is a weird world we live in for sure. Um, All the shootings and shit, but dude, most people are good people. Like, you know what I'm saying? You you walk down the street. 97% 97% of the people you run into are, pro- are going to be yeah. decent people. You know what I'm saying? At least 95% of the planet. Yeah. At least in are, our area, you're going you know, to run into. You run into some douchebags in big cities. Don't get me wrong. But I feel like that there's such a perception that oh, everybody's out to get you in this world. And I think that's just because of the people who are in power. You know, they're just so greedy and they want. But they want to make themselves better. They want to put policies in place to benefit them and those around them that we forget, like, hey, there's a lot of people just like you and I that are just living life trying to fucking get by. So, like I said, I, just I hope think the aliens come. 
Oh yeah. Well, I think like with especially with how politicized everything is nowadays, I think a lot of people forget that most humans on Earth are like me and you. Yeah, for Just sure. People trying to live their lives, you know, raise kids, have you know, have a happy family, have a good job, all that stuff. Do what and they love. Yeah. I think we lose. Yeah, we lose sight of the fact that we're all kind of the on the same journey in a sense. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And it's media but, don't help, and that's. Fucking. No, not at all. Well, that's one reason I'm so grateful for like as much as I I hate social media and the internet at times. Like I'm so grateful for the internet in a sense because you have these platforms where people can you know give you honest information instead of you know like the media. And I, and I don't want to claim that you know all media is all legacy media yeah. is bad, but most of your big news organizations when you really look into where the money's coming from like you know there's these big oil companies or these big pharmaceutical companies and you're just like how can that not bias your coverage in some way like how can i believe anything you're telling me? yeah it's a conflict of interest they can't say bad things about the people who are giving them money so it just don't you know it's leads to misconceptions and lies basically and that's what like you said i love that there is you know a lot of uh, news organizations I follow on like Instagram are just small time people you know people who cover stories and they you know they don't make a lot of money or they just you know whatever and that's honestly where you get some of the most clean unbiased sources of news from is just people reporting on things that are happening near them you know so um, yeah when you get people who aren't doing it for money yeah, exactly. when you get people who are doing it because they love it yeah, exactly. They want to they be a source of information. Yep. Well, Brian, the last thing I, I have for you is a, a fun game that I play with all of my guests. Okay. Lord, almost spilled a beer. Uh, it is called First Team All Dime Piece. First Team All Dime Piece? Where, indeed. Okay. Uh, so what, what we're going to do here is it's like a basketball team, like first teams on basketball. Okay. We're both going to have five picks, and the five I pick, you can't pick, and the five you pick, I can't pick. And we'll go pick by pick. So if like you pick something, I can't pick it. And if I pick something, you can't. Okay. And the topic is, I figured, I figured this would be a good topic because me and you are both pretty deep in this. Is like combat sports movies, like boxing, MMA. Okay. Anything like that. Okay. You go first. Obviously. Or I go uh, first. Yeah, you can go first because I'll let you go first. You are the guest. You are the guest of honor. Hey, that's very proper of you. Um, I'll uh, I'll pick Never Back Down. It's probably one of my favorites. A banger. Yeah. I mean, probably, I would say one of the first true MMA movies people watch. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I know. I fucked up. Go ahead. I'm fucked up, he said. Uh, I'm trying to think. What's a good combat sports? You know what? I, I'm trying to think. One I always go to, and I'll pick this one first. It's one of my favorite ones. Is Southball with yeah. uh, Chris. God, what is his Gil- fucking Gil- name? Gyllenhaal, uh, yes, Jake Gyllenhaal. It is the boxing of the movie in a way is kind of a back set, but I just I love the story of someone like that. The story yeah. of someone who fights through personal adversity. Yeah, it is a very good and gets themselves like back to a position. Um, but my second one that should have been my first one is Warrior. I love that. That's probably my I favorite. I knew it's what you were going to say. Yeah, that was my favorite for sure. That's a fucking good movie. That is a great... I, that's why I didn't pick yeah. it, because I knew yeah. that was the one you were talking yeah. about, and I was so like, I'm not going to steal it from him. Up. 
so for those who haven't seen Warrior, Warrior is about uh, two brothers who enter, I believe, a tournament, right? Yeah, it's like a and, and I, I won't spoil the ending. Yeah. yeah, but obviously they end up fighting each other at the end, yeah. and they're played by Tom Hardy and God, I can't I remember know, his name. name but yeah. The other dude is he's a super famous actor. He's been in a bunch of movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen but him. I, yeah. yeah, and there it's such a it's a great. MMA movie because it, it I think it's a it it gives you a lot more like of what MMA really looks like <laughs> than what most movies did at that time. But not only that, it's a great personal story between two family members. Yeah, for sure, for sure. First time I watched it, I definitely was tearing up, dude. I was like, damn, this is sad, bro. <laughs> so this is sad as shit, yeah, dude. God, I'm gonna have to think now because I like I also like Warrior quite a bit. Warrior's one of my faves. Um. I tell you what, uh, a movie, the first Creed movie. Okay, the original Creed. I have, I've, the original Creed. Yeah. I Because I think it's, to me, it feels more emotional than the other two, just because it's like, he's not as established of a face set that you don't know who he yeah. is. And the the relationship between him and Rocky. Yeah. I think is beautiful. Yeah, no. Because I think it's one of the more well-portrayed trainer fighter relationships you see yeah no i do like or it's someone who actually better than i've i've honestly haven't seen the third one i mean i know it's new but i i like the first one a lot better than the second one for sure yeah well and i feel like like you can probably speak from experience like most you know unless you have like an asshole but like most trainers are like you know they're almost like family members like it's you know they don't i feel like they don't you know if it's a good trainer like you look at custom auto and mike tyson you know, it's it, for a lot of these guys. These their trainers are like their father figures. So these movies where they have the trainers be like almost like a military tactician. I'm just like, I don't feel like that's what a relationship with a fighter would be like. Yeah, you can't. You gotta be. You gotta have trust, and and you know, you gotta have a lot of a uh, lot of connections with your with your trainer, your coach, in order to to really put your career in their hands. So yeah, they're not gonna be some asshole that's just you know barking orders at you for sure. Um, yeah, and I like I like how the you know, he moves moves away, uh, moves to Philly, kind of starts in the apartment with just his bed, nothing else, you know, like gets that real, like, I'm just here to train vibe, you know, that's, I like that a lot, not the yeah. first one. Um, fuck, my third pick would probably be, uh, gonna go uh, a little unorthodox, um, but it's a wrestling movie, it's Vision Quest. Um, Still, uh, you know, I, I, th- I think I've seen this. It's old. Actually. It's old, old. It's like eighties, nineties, but it's a really good story about uh, a kid who uh, he is going to a senior year. He's got there's this killer in his weight class, or you know, he could he could bump up and possibly win state at the higher weight class, but he decides to go down and face like the you know the Kale Sanderson, so to speak, the the killer of the of the um, state tournament, and uh, you know, trains his ass off. That's what most of the movies about his regional matches and stuff leading up to state. And yeah, it's a it's a really good movie about wrestling. Um, one of the few, a lot of wrestling movies, um, I feel like are kind of watered down. Um, but yeah, that's probably my third. Uh, that's a great one. I. It really is. I mean, I first off, wrestling stories are so understated. You know what I mean? Because like, 
I feel like not people just aren't used to watching wrestling, like real wrestling. Yeah. As much as I'm a giant pro wrestling fan, like the real amateur wrestling. Yeah. It's hard. I feel like hard for people to watch, and I just feel like there's not like. So there's so many great stories from real amateur wrestling. Yeah, I mean, fuck. You look at somebody like Kurt Angle, who became a professional wrestler. I mean, real life broke his neck yeah, and won a gold medal. Extremely, yeah, crazy stories, crazy story. Now that's the big thing. Like, so with wrestling really is there's not like no promise of rich and fame. You know, like if you're a basketball player, no, you know you got the NBA. That's where you're going. If you got if you're in football, you know the NFL. You know, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Go on through most sports you know um but wrestling there's really nothing after college you can be an olympic athlete but there's like but that's still like i mean that's amount of people that you yeah and not only that that's you spending a majority of your life training for events that happen once every four years so i feel like you know if you're an amateur wrestler really your choices are become an mma fighter or a professional yeah. wrestler and yeah that's that's a big thing. MMA has really helped wrestling uh, gain popularity because of that reason. You know, um, yeah. everybody who's been so successful in fighting because of wrestling, people are starting to take notice and start wrestling and start watching wrestling, et cetera, et cetera. You know, well, that was like I can't remember his name when the guy from Purdue uh, won. I can't. God, what is the name of the guy he beat? The kid from Oh yeah, Spencer Lee. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. When he beat Spencer, and that was all over my social media page. And I think back in before MMA got real big, you wouldn't have seen yeah, that anyway. Yeah, for sure. That was one of the biggest upsets in like NCAA history because Spencer was a fucking stud, three times. Oh yeah, a dog is what I heard. That. A dog. And this kid's a true sophomore. I mean, he was good, definitely good. Don't get me wrong, but like was supposed to not be on Spencer's level and for him to stick him like he did in the last minute. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, man. Uh, I think my third pick is going to be another. I have, I'm boxing heavy because I might. was a, My dad's a big boxing yeah. guy, so I watched a lot of boxing movies. This is a personal one for me. Uh, this is one I just watched by myself. It's Bleed for This, which came out uh, a couple years ago in 2016. I don't know if I've seen that. It is. Uh, it, it is a movie. You know, I'm sure you know who Miles Teller, the actor, yeah. is by now. The guy who was just in Top Gun. Yeah. He plays Vinny. Uh, I want to hope I pronounce his name right. Panzia or Pananzia. The Vinny Paz, the guy who broke his neck in the car accident. Yeah, and then came back and yeah. Yeah, became the world champion, yeah, and it's it's that. such yeah. a it's a great story of someone going from the absolute tippy top of where you can be, like on a Wheaties box to just the bottom and i'm watching the movie the doctors tell him like you for sure will never fight again yeah and we don't know if you'll ever walk again and this dude's determination is to be like no fuck that yeah. not only am i gonna walk again i'm gonna fight again and fight at a championship level is insane yeah. and to to watch someone just have the pure grit and determination to just bet on themselves yes yeah. no, i've seen like it the, besides the real life videos of him talking about it after his <clears throat> surgery and everything is fucking gives you chills for real yeah and, and besides that miles teller is just such a good actor yeah he is yeah so he obviously does a wonderful job in this role but i it's just it's sad at points because you feel bad because you're just like god this is fucking tragic that this dude worked yeah. his whole life to get to this point and then you know just like that it's all gone mm -hmm. it feels like 
So it was. It's a good. It's a super fun movie. It's very satisfying. Mm, I'm gonna have to check it out because I love that. I love that story. So, um, my fourth. Um, I think I'm gonna go with another wrestling movie on this one. Uh, is Foxcatcher. I love it. You ever seen that? Ooh, I have seen Foxcatcher. Yeah, this is the one with Steve Carell yeah, in it, right? Yeah, and. Uh, yeah. That story. Wild fucking yeah, story. I mean, Mark Schultz fought the UFC. Um, he was in UFC 2 or 3, I believe. Um, uh, so, yeah, for. And that story itself is, yeah, it's crazy. Um, really good. Insane. Movie. I mean. The, and I feel like the wrestling in there, in the. Like, I feel like Channing Tatum did a real good job of actually learning how to wrestle. Like, a lot of times you'll see these corny wrestling movies where, like, you could, you know what I'm saying? Like, you just like, all oh, these dudes really know how to wrestle. Yeah. But, like, I feel like Channing Tatum did a good job of learning how to wrestle and uh, portrayed that part really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. I mean, God. I mean, there's, that's one of those movies, like like you said, the wrestling in it is really good. I always feel like it's super realistic, like you said, because most, most combat sports movies you're yeah, watching, like, like, oh, these people on, have never yeah. seen a, yeah, these people have never seen a fucking boxing match yeah. in their life. But this is, you could tell they really honed in and studied on, like, okay, what would this, what does this yeah. look like? And besides that, the whole story behind it, like, the whole story behind that camp and, like, what happened is, it is a perfect example of what we were just talking about with Creed. Is just, like, you gotta be careful, man, who you trust. Yep. You gotta be careful who you let in your camp and let in your inner circle. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, you know, we were just talking, wrestling doesn't, there's not a whole lot of money in it, so that people have to do what they can to be able to support themselves and when you have some dude who is a billionaire coming to you saying hey i'll pay for everything give you a place to live etc etc pay you i mean it's hard to say no but you know if you know weirdos freaks so i mean hey man it's, yeah it's hard to say no for somebody who's going to pay you to train to be you know what i mean like to do the thing you always wanted to do your whole life yeah exactly no matter how weird you might think they are yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Money is money, man. People do <laughs> a lot weirder shit with money. So. Money, money is absolutely yeah. money. What's your number four? Uh, I think f number four. Let me think here. I'm stuck between two. You got two more picks, so that works out well as long as I don't pick one. I know. Well, that's what I'm worried about. Well, I don't know that you are. You're not. It doesn't seem like you're much of a boxing guy. And those are the... My Heavy only ones problem for me, but it, you picked my you picked my two big MMA movies because yeah. Warrior and Never Back Down are the big MMA movies for yeah. me. Yeah, for sure. I'm interested to see what like speaking of MMA movies, I'm interested to see what Jake Gyllenhaal's Roadhouse. Yeah, movie's I know. I've like. seen that shit. That's gonna be yeah, because uh, with all the filming, uh, when was that? Was that the Israel all the time you fight? They filmed all that. Yeah, it was yeah. the first one. The first one, I think. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm interested and to see what that's about, too, especially since Connor's in it. I would, I would assume he's going to play an ex-UFC fighter, would be my assumption, is that he's going to take the role that um, Swayze had, that he's going to be the bouncer at the bar, and he's going to play a guy who used to fight in the UFC who fucks it up somehow and has to bounce at this bar, and that's how Connor and all them get involved. But regardless, it's still going to be interesting. I think I'm going to go with Million Dollar Baby okay. for my fourth one. Yeah, that's one. a good one, too. And I remember watching that. I, I my dad loved yeah. that movie, and so I loved that yeah. movie. And what, growing up watching that movie, it is just—it's heartbreaking at the end. Obviously, what happens to yeah. her, 
but the whole movie is such an inspiration to just you know watch this woman grit her teeth and go through the grueling grind of an amateur boxing career first off like you said like with wrestling it's a, in an age in women's boxing where there's not a lot of money to be made in yeah. women's boxing you're just doing it for the love of yeah. boxing uh no that is a really good movie i remember watching that movie when i was young young and i was like i was super inspired um that was back right before i ever thought about fighting um i was gonna say the only i was about to say my main did ever make you think about like maybe this fighting thing is not for me no dude i uh i love it i eat this shit up but my i was saying my main thing about boxing movies is i just i can't most of the boxing movies i watch it's just so flagrantly like the rocky movies dude like don't get me wrong those storylines are awesome but watch watch them box like bro you're not gonna sit there. Oh, dog shit! Dog shit! Just eat the biggest right hook twenty times in a row, and then you know, spit it out, and then you throw twenty. And it's just like, come on, dude! They could do so much better if they just choreographed a little bit better. Um, well, that's one thing I, I give the Creed movies credit yeah, for. It. Yeah, they do a great job of making it look like an actual, like somewhat an actual boxing yeah. match. Yeah, I agree, and so does Southpaw. Like those, I, I like those two boxing movies, and I probably would pick those um, if you hadn't. You know, I, like I said, I've seen even with Million Dollar, even Million Dollar Baby. I love Million Dollar Baby, but I mean, she takes shots and that. That I'm just like, man, if you took that in a fight, you're yeah, fucked. <laughs> you can't just take shots yeah, like that. Like I love the Rocky stories. Don't get me wrong, I've seen them all, but like. Oh, Rocky's yeah. awesome, but Rocky, Rocky would be yeah. dead. <laughs> yeah, that motherfucker. Would be, his <laughs> brain would look like scrambled eggs. Like, yeah. Um, so for the Rocky would have been dead from brain trauma at dude, thirty. Yeah, it would have been over with. First movie, wraps. <laughs> um, but I'm trying to think for a fifth one. Um, it's a tough call, man. Um, kind of exhausted all my my uh movies here yeah the wrestling the MMA yeah. like I said the, there's really not a good movie about like kickboxing <gasps> never mind never mind not even yeah no. it's, it's gotta it's be lying I lied John Claude Van Damme there you go I knew as soon as you said kickboxing I was like dude there's there's only one movie with kickboxing I can think of I used to watch it all the time as a kid Um, you know the fighting uh, now you know when I was a kid I didn't know about fighting obviously so I just thought it was awesome Um, but the obviously now when you look at it you're like this is fucking nuts Um, but yeah just the fighting in the pools fighting you know, in these underground fight clubs, making the money like that was a good, good fucking movie. Uh, let me think. What am I gonna go with last here? I, I want to say Ali, but your thing about the boxing makes me question yeah. it. Because I, I love Will Smith, but having watched those movies, I'm just like that is not what happened when Muhammad yeah. Ali boxed. I, uh, I <laughs> whatever. I haven't seen it, so I don't know. It's a great study of Muhammad. Yeah. But I don't I don't know it's like you said, if you are an actual fight fan, it's it's kinda hard to watch someone who you know is like a historic a very historic got a lot of people into yeah. fighting. The fights, you know what I mean? Like watch those fights go like that. God, let me think. Mm. 
trying to think of any uh, one I could use here of the ones I've seen. I'm trying to think of more, more of a different movie or something I've seen that you haven't picked, but all the ones that, like, all of the MMA slash wrestling movies I've seen, you've picked yeah. already. I guess I will go with Ali, since I can't really think of any of the other big movies I've seen, or, like, Rocky. Yeah. I would pick Rocky, but it just seems like such an yeah, obvious choice. Yeah, it's a go-to. See, that's, uh... Yeah. No, I was going to go down the Bruce Lee rabbit hole, too, because I love some of the, you know, Enter the Dragon. Uh, oh, like Enter uh, the yeah. Dragon? Uh, Ooh, dude, Enter the Dragon's my shit. Yeah, I love good old classic Bruce Lee movie. And I'll tell you another one. Like good old... It's not even, it's not really, it's not really combat fighting, but I mean, it's, it's a Jet Li movie. It's, and probably one of my all-time favorites is The One. Have you ever seen The One? With yes, the, where he go, where it's the yeah. yes, where he's going to alternate dimensions and yeah. killing himself, and it makes him stronger. It's trippy too, like it's and not only is it like that movie is super combat fighting, awesome, good scenes, but like the concept is like awesome. Oh yeah, next yeah. level. This like the, the sci-fi idea of killing different versions of yourself. Yeah. And it makes you stronger. I'm like, that's fucking cool. What? I'm so disappointed they've never remade Dude, that yeah, movie. Yeah, I uh, I used to watch it a lot as a kid, and I hadn't seen it probably in like ten years. And then I was on uh, what was it on HBO Max or something? And like a month or two yeah. ago, and I seen it. And I was like, no shit, it's on here. Rewatching, I was like, dude, this movie's still just as good as I thought it was when when I was a kid. You know? Cause, I mean, oh yeah, it's one of those movies that, like. When you get older and you read re- reviews about it and everyone says it's shitty, you're just like, God, is that? Would I just like that movie because I was a kid? Then you rewatch and you're like, Oh no, this is sick. It's just a badass. Yeah, <laughs> straight up. Yeah, this is super sick. Well, all right, sir. That's that's pretty much all I have for you on today's podcast. Thank you so much for joining me, Brian. I feel like we've had a real fun conversation. I'm glad to be here, man. I'm pulling up the streamy app right now actually no i'm not because i'm not going to incriminate myself i'll learn my lesson about that so this no. is, i'm going to purchase the pay-per-view and i'm about he is we are he's about to spend 69.99 yeah. <laughs> yes small credit line of credit on this uh pay-per-view here and uh enjoy himself right, but if you guys are this fight dude but uh, keep your eyes out if you are fight fans. Keep your eyes out for Brian Haynes, a good friend of mine, good friend of the show. I'm sure you'll be seeing him in the cage here soon. Brian, do you have anything you want to promote to the people real quick before I go into full on podcast promotion Man, mode? Uh, you know, just do what you love. You know, don't let the government fuck you over, but you gotta stay out of their way. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> and whenever I get right, my well, first thank you for joining fight, me, man. Uh, lined up after all this shit, I will definitely let you know and. Uh, We'll have to link up again and do another another podcast. Hey, man, I'll be there. I'll be there. You let me know when and where, and I'll be there for you. Sounds good, brother. But have a good night, brother. But anyway, thank you guys for listening. You can find us on The Planet Comedy on Facebook, Instagram. On Twitter, you can find us at the PCP Gang. We're going to try to get some more social media content. Uh, you can find our YouTube comment or YouTube content comments uh, at the Planet Comedy on YouTube, like the real reviews, movie reviews in hindsight, where I go back and look at things in more of a an actual retrospective way. Picture this, where I'm gonna take movies I thought had good concepts, like we were just talking about, and rewrite them. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, Google, Pandora, SoundCloud, pretty much anywhere you guys get podcasts. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful rest of your week. Peace, love, and trevery.